Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything here on this show, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. Up next, we continue with our recurring series about the curious origins of everyday sayings, the stories behind them. Here to join us again is Andrew Thompson, as he continues to share another slice from his ultimate guide to understanding these mini-mysteries, these mini-stories of our precious English language. Out of the blue means a complete or unexpected surprise, and it's a variation of the expression, a bolt from the blue. The ancient Romans called a flash of lightning on a clear day a thunderbolt from the blue. The blue in the phrase is related to the blue of the sky. Lightning on a sunny day was obviously very rare, and the Romans began to use the saying to refer to any sudden surprise. The phrase was first used in writing by Thomas Carlyle in a book he wrote in 1837. The expression over the top, sometimes shortened to OTT, means to an excessive degree or beyond acceptable limits or outrages, and it has its origins in trench warfare. In World War I, to go over the top was to charge on foot across open ground from the safety of the trenches. The order was given over the top lads and the best of luck, but few had much luck as they often ran head-on into enemy machine gun fire. On the first day of the Battle of the Somme in July 1916, over 58,000 casualties were sustained by the British when they all went over the top. To paint the town red means to go out and celebrate or get very drunk. 
and it owes its origins to a legendary night of revelry in 1837. There was a man called the Marquis of Waterford, known as the Mad Marquis because of his erratic behaviour, and he went out one night in the English town of Melton Mowbray. The group went berserk on vandalism spree, and they broke windows, pulled off door knockers and smashed flower pots. Unsatisfied with that though, they acquired some red paint and painted a swan statue, a number of house doors and even a toll gate completely red. The Marquis later paid compensation for the damage caused, but he had painted the town red and would never live it down. A parting shot is a hostile gesture or remark made while departing, which the person hearing has no chance to respond to. And it's a phrase I've always found interesting. It dates to a military tactic from the 17th century. The Parthians at the time were an ancient race living in northeast Persia, and their army included mounted archers. These archers would ride away from the enemy at full gallop, giving the impression of a retreat. But as the enemy approached, the archers, who were superb equestrians, would turn and fire arrows backwards with great accuracy. Originally known as a Parthian shot, the phrase was corrupted to parting shot by the early 20th century. To pass the buck means to shift blame or responsibility to someone else, and it originates from the game of poker. Poker became popular in America during the 18th century, and players were always suspicious of any form of bias or cheating. To stop this, the card dealer was frequently rotated during a game, and the person who was next in line to deal was given a marker, which was often a knife. The handles of most knives at the time were made of buck's horn, so the marker became known as a buck. When the dealer's turn was complete, he would pass the buck. President Harry S. Truman famously displayed a sign on his desk that read, the buck stops here, and that gave rise to the expression and made it more commonplace. To pass with flying colours means to have success at a difficult task, and it's a sailing term that dates back to the early 1700s. A ship's flag or banner was known as its colours, and when a ship or fleet was successful in battle and was returning to its homeland, it would sail in with its flag flying high on the mast. This indicated that the ship had been victorious. It had retained its flag rather than lost it to the enemy. To pass with flying colours was a sure sign of victory. To pay through the nose means to pay an excessive amount for something, and it's got to interesting and strange origins. It dates all the way back to the 9th century when the Vikings invaded Ireland. The Danish had extraordinary harsh tax laws which they imposed on any land they invaded. With the invasion of Ireland, they applied a particularly harsh tax known as the nose tax. The punishment for evading the nose tax was quite perverse. Anyone refusing to pay the tax had their nose slit from tip to eyebrow. The people had a choice, either pay the tax or pay through the nose. A pecking order is a hierarchy or authority in a group. And it's a phrase that began with the farming of chickens. Domestic poultry maintain a strict hierarchy where the lead hen is able to peck any other for whatever reason without fear of retribution. The other hens are ordered beneath the lead hen and each of them know which hens are lower than them and thus able to be pecked. This cascades down to the lowest hen who gets pecked by all the other hens. It was German biologists who were observing this behaviour who coined the phrase pecking order in the 1920s and it went on to take its wider meeting by the 1950s. A peeping Tom is a man who secretly observes women who are naked, and its origins lie in the story of Lady Godiva in the 11th century. She was married to an earl who owned large land holdings, and he imposed heavy taxes on the less wealthy, which resulted in public outrage. Godiva disagreed with the taxes and asked her husband to reduce them. Thinking she would never do it, he agreed to lower the taxes on the condition that she rode a horse naked through the streets of Coventry in England. She decided to take up the challenge, and as a mark of respect, all the townsfolk agreed to stay indoors, close their shutters, and not watch the highly publicised spectacle. Everyone kept their word in the town, except for the tailor, Tom. Tom was unable to resist a glimpse of Godiva and peeped through his shutters, and a phrase was spawned. And terrific storytelling and great production on that by Greg Hengler. Funny, funny stuff and good stuff. Andrew Thompson is the voice you are listening to. His book, Hair of the Dog, To Paint the Town Red, The Curious Origins of Everyday Sayings and Fun Phrases. And my goodness, another chicken story. And we've watched that with our own little chickens 
and the hierarchy they have. There's one poor chicken that just takes it from everybody, and we don't know what to do about it because there's nothing you can. There is a thing called a pecking order. These are terrific stories about our English language and where these phrases come from. Greg Hengler is always great job on the production. Andrew Thompson, the stories of everyday sayings, our English language celebrated here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. And we continue with our American stories. In a thrilling moment-by-moment narrative based on a wealth of recently declassified documents and in-depth interviews, authors Bob Drury and Tom Clavin tell the remarkable story of the evacuation of Saigon in Last Man Out, the true story of America's heroic final hours in Vietnam. This closing chapter of the war would become the largest scale evacuation ever carried out as improvised by a very small unit of Marines. Here's Bob Drury with the story. In 1973, the United States, South Vietnam, and the Democratic Republic of North Vietnam signed the Paris Peace Accords. Now, according to those accords, everybody hoped and wished, especially in the United States, that we were going to have another Korea situation, that it was going to be a country divided in two, there was going to be a DMZ, there was going to be a peace line for whenever. The North Vietnamese never had any idea of standing by these accords. They were constantly probing, probing, probing. They even were allowed to leave men, 130,000 men, construction workers, on the soil of the Republic of Vietnam. Finally, in the fall of 1974, led by a charismatic and strategic and tactical genius, and unfortunately named genius, General Van Tien Dung, they decided to invade. They broke the Paris Peace Accords. Now, we knew they were doing this. We had satellites. We had B-52 photos. We had everything. But Congress was just so sick of the war in Vietnam. We were out. We had some men. We had Marine security guards, MSGs, at provincial consulars. We had a half a platoon in Saigon. We had some advisors in. We were in the middle of a recession here in the United States. We just didn't want to spend any more money. We just wanted to kind of wipe our hands of Vietnam. It was a bad deal. Dung didn't believe that. He thought us capitalist running dogs. We have something up our sleeve. So he probed at first, sending out scout teams. They met with no resistance. The South Vietnamese Army, the Arvins, the Army of the Republic of Vietnam, fell apart. Their officers deserted. Men were left leaderless, nowhere to go, did not know what to do. What happened was, is after a while, General Dung, the North Vietnamese General Dung said, you know what? The Americans aren't going to do anything. He was expecting a B-52 strike like the last time North Vietnam had invaded South Vietnam. It never came. So gradually, he picked up speed. And the North Vietnamese Army, 150,000 men, more than 150,000 men, sluiced through South Vietnam. Provinces, cities fell. Pleiku fell. Way City fell. Da Nang, a beautiful little port city of half a million people, became a swollen, seething cauldron of Arvin deserters, Arvin retreaters, civilians on the road. The roads were just, as the Arvins, as the South Vietnamese soldiers retreated into Da Nang, they raped and they looted, and Da Nang just became this swollen city. And finally we decided we have to, we have, to have a plan, we have to get people out of here. What we tried to do is we tried an evac, both a fixed wing and a helicopter out of Da Nang, fell apart immediately, in large part because our own allies, our former allies, the Arvins, thought we were cutting and running, which we were, and started firing on the American aircraft coming in. The MSG unit, the Marine Security Guard unit, a small unit in Da Nang, got it, almost got into several firefights with their ostensible allies until they were finally snuck out in the back of a garbage truck. 
Finally, a sea lift was instituted. The U.S. and South Vietnam took as many boats, barges, ships as they could, sent them up there, and it became a total mess. Women were tossing their babies into the water. Arvin units were, were boarding fishing smacks, throwing the civilians overboard, old men and old women just throwing them overboard and commandeering these fishing smacks to get south. It was ugly. There were no Arvin commanders, no South Vietnam commanders to keep any kind of order. And we learned something from Da Nang, and that was, ooh, a sea lift from anywhere else is going to be kind of dicey. So now, General Dung, he hadn't planned on taking Saigon until perhaps late in 1975, but most likely in 1976 after the rainy season. Yet here he is, he finds himself, this started in late 1974, in early April, mid-April 1975, he finds himself with an army of 150,000 people encircling Saigon. He's going back and forth with it. Dung was a smart man. He knew that now was the time to strike. It was just what were the Americans going to do the Americans in Saigon. Now, as I said, there was this Marine Security Guard battalion, but it wasn't really a battalion, it was between 50 and 60 people. And three days before, the 7th Fleet, which was cruising the waters off South Vietnam in international waters out, out in the South China Sea, they sent in a platoon of fleet Marines, early reaction commando types. According to the Paris Peace Accords, we weren't allowed to have more than X amount of soldiers in South Vietnam, and the MSGs pretty much took up that quota. So they sent 50 young men, and they had them wearing leisure suits and carrying their guns and uniforms in, in duffel bags. I remember Top Valdez, who was the NCO in charge of the MSGs in Saigon, said, oh yeah, that's really going to fool the North Vietnamese. They're never going to know we're here. And there's all kinds of Americans still in there, not only civilians, but uh, State Department, Spook, CIA, there's Army advisors, Air Force advisors, Navy advisors, but let's face it, the two main players in Saigon right now are the ambassador, uh, Graham Martin, an elegant man, tall, a shock of white hair, always had a jaunty cigarette dangling from his lips. Unfortunately, he was a young man, he was only in his late 50s, but he looked about 75 because he was sick. He was physically sick, he was, had walking pneumonia, and he was under the mental stress that I, I just can't imagine being under. He, uh, not only the walking pneumonia, he was taking drugs for an old car accident, and he was deluded. Now, when I say deluded, I'm not trying to be pejorative, but he thought he was the only man. He was the ambassador. He was the man in charge at South Vietnam. He thought he was the only man who could cut a deal with the North Vietnamese, who are slowly but surely encircling Saigon. And he would not call for any kind of evacuation because he thought a deal was imminent. His powers of diplomacy were gonna cut a deal with the North Vietnamese, and it, it was delusional. So finally, enough is enough for General Dung, and he thinks he's gonna poke a little stick at the Americans to get him out quicker, because he knows once the Americans go, he's got the country. He saw what happened to the fourth largest army. South Vietnam had the fourth largest army in the world. He went through it like, you know what, through a goose. He saw what happened up north. He said, I'm gonna take Saigon, then there's troops down in the breadbasket, down in the Mekong Delta, but you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna encircle them and take them the same way. Let's get these Americans out of here. I don't wanna start another war. I will if I have to. They're running dogs, he hated us. They're capitalist running dogs, he hated us. But my orders are, don't start another war. So before the morning of April 29th, the Ambassador Martin had ordered Jim Keane to split his MSG detachment. He said, I need extra people out at the airport. There was a defense attache's office next to the airport, adjacent to the airport. It's where we had run everything during the Vietnam War. Westmoreland was stationed there. All the big generals were stationed there. Now it was, kind of, it was still the same buildings, but it just had advisors. And he said, I need men out at the DAO because if we're going to do a helicopter evacuation, it's got to be from the DAO, this defense attache's office adjacent to the uh, airport. So. Keane's like, no, I can't split my command. I only have 55 people. I can't split my command. And here's something about the MSGs. They're the only branch of the Marine Corps that takes their orders from a civilian. They're not in the normal chain of command. So this, what the State Department says, usually through a regional security officer, an RSO stationed at every embassy, and the RSO said, send them out there. The ambassador wants them out there, send them out there. So Keane went to Top Valdez and he said, we got to send 16 guys out there. You pick them top. Don't get any of my newbies in, in trouble. Now, there were a couple kids who had just come into South Vietnam. Valdez is thinking, you know what? 
If the North Vietnamese want us out of Saigon so badly, they're never going to bomb the airport. I'm going to send all my inexperienced newbies out there. And you're listening to a riveting account of the evacuation of Saigon. You're listening to Bob Drury, co-author of Last Men Out. When we come back, more of this compelling story, a story you haven't heard probably here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we continue with Our American Stories and with Bob Drury telling the story of our evacuation of Saigon. In the end, he's telling the story of the last days of Vietnam and the Vietnam War. Let's pick up where we last left off here again, Bob Drury. Before dawn on the morning of April 29th, General Dung rocketed and shelled the airport with heavy artillery. There was like 6,000 rockets and shells landing every minute. Well, one of those shells landed right on a uh, Darwin judge. He had been in country two months. Corporal Charles McMahon. They were manning a guard post. They were obliterated by a rocket. Dead. The airfields are now, you can't land a fixed wing. They're cratered. And Martin's still in his delusional state. We could fix this. We could fix this and start getting the C-130s in here. He gets back to the embassy and Major Jim Keene knows his two men are dead now, his two kids. And he says, uh, I don't want you to report this to the Marine Corps chain of command. Major Keene says, well, what do you mean you don't want? He said, you take orders from me. If they find out these guys are dead, they're going to pull the plug on me. And Keene is thinking, pull the plug on you. The plug is already pulled. The plug is pulled for Darwin Judge. The plug is pulled for Charles McMahon. That's when Keene realized he and Top Valdez were going to have to manage this evacuation with the Marines they had on hand. Now these MSGs, what happens is commanders take the top 1%, they're less than 1% of the Marine Corps. The commander, company commanders pluck the top guys in their units. They have to go through a selection process and if they get to MSG school, there's still a 30 or 40% attrition rate. So these guys are kids, but they're tough kids and they're smart kids and they're dedicated kids. These are some of the kids that boom, not only the personal tension between the ambassador and Keene, but now the city of Saigon is turning into a churning, roiling, chaotic mess. They have to keep it together. So the original plan was everybody from the embassy was going to go over to the defense attache's office, and we're all going to helicopter out from there. Well, Keene and Valdez said, nah. That's not going to happen. You know people are going to run to the flag. We're not going to be able to get through these choke streets. Saigon is now like Da Nang. There's two million Arvin whether you want to call them deserters, whether you want to call them defeated soldiers, but the fact is they're walking around with guns and are very pissed off at the Americans who they're obviously leaving. So all day this is going on. The ambassador had Henry Kissinger on his side. Graham Martin and Kissinger were kind of the leftover from Nixon legacy, and they kept saying if Nixon were still in office, we'd be giving General Dung a good dose of vitamin B-52. But Nixon had been impeached, kind of Gerald Ford wanted to wash his hands of it, so Kissinger had the most to lose, so they kept, kept stalling. Finally, the Marine High Command, uh, the Secretary of Defense, and Gerald Ford convinced Ambassador Martin Kissinger, it's time to get out. So begins a day, April 29th, 1975, of just manic helicopters in, out. In at 5,500 feet, out at 4,500 feet. Small arms fire the entire time. Is it coming from Arvins? Is it coming from NVA snipers who are now? They could see the NVA. The MSGs are up on the roof. They're working 24 hours, shoveling classified information into this brace of furnaces. They could see, they could look over the roof. They could see firefights between the NVA and the few Arvins, the uh, Army of the Republic of Vietnam, who are still fighting who are still standing tall and fighting. They're watching these firefights while they're shoveling. They shoveled $5 million in cash into these furnaces. American cash, who knows how many Vietnamese piastres. All day long this goes on. So finally, 
During the daylight hours, they managed to clear out the defense attaché's office. The fleet marines send a small platoon over to the embassy. Now the only thing that's left in the city is this one little outpost, the United States Embassy, a three-square-mile outpost, and the crowds around it, which had been 2,000, which had been 10,000, which had been 50,000, are now 60,000, and a lot of them are armed, and a lot of them are peed-off soldiers. So all day long, this is going on, the crowd surging, and some of the stories, I mean, Jim Keene and Tom Valdez, and to an extent Mike Sullivan, are kind of like the little Dutch boy. They're plugging holes in the dike. Here, here, they're coming over the wall. Here, lock that gate, lock that gate. And the guys, they're standing there, and they have to let in Americans, American reporters, American State Department guys who maybe were stuck downtown. Everybody's got an American passport, and third-party nationals, our allies, our Koreans. There's a few Brits left in town. And they're standing at the gate, and they're lifting people over the gate. And while they're doing it, people are coming up to them, and they're opening bags of jewels, or Krugerrands. Bobby Frayne's watching one time, and this woman comes, her husband's making way through the crowd with his elbows. The woman's carrying something. Sure enough, they get close, the husband takes it, heaves it up, it's a baby, gets caught on the barbed wire on top. One of the MSGs runs up, unhooks it, but per orders, gently drops it back down, can't take it in. Heartbreaking stories. Mr. Na came up to an MSG, and he got close enough to the gate, and he's kind of a withered old Vietnamese man, and he's got an old Vietnamese army jacket on with a row of medals. And he pulls a yellowed envelope, creased envelope, out of his pocket. And he slips it through. And one of the MSGs opens it up. And it's from the Play Coup Officers Club, dated 1967. And it says, Mr. Na has served not only his country, but the United States of America well. Please consider that when you deal with Mr. Na. And Mr. Na had one arm. And he starts, he holds the thing, and he starts, wash dishes. Wash dishes, officers club, wash dishes. And I remember the, the MSG just turned around and just said, who am I to play God like this? Who am I to say, yes, you can come in? And in the meanwhile, all the Vietnamese that are in there, there's like a thousand Vietnamese inside the compound already, they're all the fat cats. They're the ghost soldiers, the sons of politicians that didn't have to go into the army that bought their way out. Fat cats with, with, with suitcases, and you know what's in those suitcases. They're smuggling out gold, they're smuggling out jewels, they're smuggling out money. And these poor MSGs, they're on the gates, and even though they were kids, they had to make this decision. These are 19, 20-year-old kids put in this position who joined the Marines. Don't forget, you're not drafted by the Marines. Who joined the Marines to fight for their country, to fight in Vietnam for their country. It went on all night. The big sea stallions, you know, the Chinook, the Army Chinook, the helicopter that's emblematic of Vietnam. They were landing in the parking lot. The CH-46C Knights were landing on the roof. They had an assembly line going. The DAO is already empty, so now it's just the embassy. Jim Keene, uh, the sea stallions are made to carry maybe 30, 35 Marines. Jim Keene is packing 70 Vietnamese, smaller, lighter Vietnamese. At first, he was letting them take one bag. After a while, no bags, no bags. But the crowd, so many people are sneaking in, the crowd doesn't seem like it's getting any smaller. This goes on all day, all night. They line up every vehicle they have to form a, a ring of light. So they, and these helicopter pilots were just magnificent. The only room these big choppers had to come down was straight down, fill up. Keen would throw 75 on. If the guy couldn't get air, he'd take five off. If the guy got a little air, straight up. One crash. One crash and boom, there goes your chopper pad and the evacuation's over. And you've been listening to Bob Drury tell a heck of a story. And by the way, he is co-author, along with Tom Clavin, of the book Last Man Out, The True Story of America's Heroic Final Hours in Vietnam. And heroic indeed they were. Remarkable were these final hours. And it's a story most Americans don't know and should know. And that's what we do every day here on Our American Stories, is tell stories about what we did. Because if we don't remember what we did, we won't know who we are. And that's a great quote from Reagan's last address to the country, his farewell address in 89. And John F. Kennedy thought similarly about American history, a great Democrat president and a great Republican. We need to know our stories. And by the way, Clavin and Drury have told all kinds of stories on this show. Go to OurAmericanStories.com to find them. When we come back, more of this remarkable story, our final days in Vietnam, here on Our American Stories. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. And we continue with Our American Stories and with Bob Drury telling the story of our final days in Vietnam. Let's go back to Bob with the rest of the story. And finally, Gerald Ford sends word to the 7th Fleet. He says, we've got to get the ambassador out of there. The ambassador, what the hell is he still doing here? He was supposed to be out of there 12, 12 hours ago. He won't leave, President Ford. What do you mean he won't leave? And this dithering is going on in Washington when one of my favorite characters in the book, Jerry Berry, Handsome as the day is long. Still, well, still is. Still is. I mean, he looks like a movie star. He's been flying 18 straight hours. He lands on the USS Dubuque. Marine com- Commandant comes out. The Marine General in charge of the 7th Fleet comes out. And he says, Colonel Barry, you will take the ambassador out on your next run. 
You're a Marine colonel. You don't, you don't ask a three-star why. Yes, sir, I will is the answer. He gets in. He's flying in. He and his co-pilot. It's dark. They're taking small arms fire. There's a monsoon moving in. They can't use the 45 and, and 5,500 lanes anymore. Now they're flying ground level because they have to fly under the clouds. What are we going to do? And Barry's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll figure something. They land on the roof. He's got the little the scratch pad here. He scribbles something on it. And he, one of the ambassadors, personal security unit guards, comes up and says, yes, what's this? And he said, direct orders from the president. I'm not leaving this roof until I have the ambassador. Sure enough, he's there for a good 20 minutes. The ambassador comes out, even at this point, poor, decrepit, broken, realizes that it's time to go. So then word comes, the MSGs are still manning the gates, they're still manning the walls. While at the same flight the ambassador goes on, Jim Keynes gets a message from the fleet, button it up. He goes downstairs to Top Valdez and he says, button it up, Top. Top looks over and he says, not only are there still 10,000 people trying to get in, but there are four, five, six hundred people that have already gotten in legally. Top says, doesn't even say anything, just looks at him and Keynes says, orders, button it up. They shut the door, they disable the elevators, they run upstairs. And by this point, there's about 60 of them. Fleet Marines, few fleet Marines are mixed in with the uh, Marine security guards. Still dark out. They get up to the roof. Boom. Everything, all hell breaks loose downstairs. The people steal a, the, the heartbreaking thing. People outside the gates stole a, a fire truck, broke through the gates, broke through the big mahogany doors of the Chancery and the Embassy, and made their way up the stairs to the sixth floor, where the Marines are like barricaded against them. But some Marines are looking over, and the 400 who were left, who were supposed to get out, are just standing there. And they called them sticks. They had them in sticks of like 60 people apiece. And they're just standing there with the sticks with their luggage and with their kids, with their wives, waiting for the Americans to come and save them. And once again, I I'm telling you, it, it, people were brokenhearted up there. So there was a brief pause where the helicopters stood down because of flying time and, and an even bigger Marine general in Hawaii, Lou Wilson, Medal of Honor winner, he put out an order. He said, anybody that doesn't go and get my Marines, I don't care what service they're in, I'm court-martialing them. So they started flying again. They come in. Jim Keene does a head count. He realizes, even stripped of their vests, stripped of their helmets, stripped of their weapons, he said, I'm not going to get all my men in. I'm not going to get my MSGs in. He turns to Top Valdez, he says, Top, give me 10 men I could die with. So these helicopters take off. Now there's 11 men left on the roof. A few minutes later, the sun comes up. The irony is several. It's the, it's the most beautiful sunrise that they've, it's it a beautifully clear day. The monsoon clouds have cleared. It's the most beautiful sunrise that Jim Keene has ever seen in his life in Washington. Henry Kissinger holds a press conference, gets up at the same podium where two years before he announced peace in our time after the Paris Peace Accords. At the very same podium, he now announces that all Americans who wanted to get out of South Vietnam are out. When he said wanted to get out, some reporters remain behind. And uh, Kissinger sees an aide talking to him. He says, excuse me, cut short his press conference, walks off. The aide whispers, and we've got 11 Marines unaccounted for. 11 Marines unaccounted for? You mean unaccounted for? We lose it? In the confusion, what happened was when the ambassador went out at 3.48 a.m., Jerry Berry's call sign, the tiger is out. The tiger is out of his cage. In the original evacuation plan, the ambassador was going to be the last to leave. So they were still working on that. Oh, the tiger's out of his cage? There's nobody left. So the, the, hell is, so the 11 Marine security guards, Keene, Valdez, Mike Sullivan, eight kids. Eight tough kids, eight dedicated kids, but eight kids. They're up in this roof. They barricaded the door. Dawn comes, and the small arms fire just increases. Is it coming from Arvins? Once again, is it coming from NBA snipers? Probably a little of both. Valdez is monkey walking around the perimeter, kind of counting the weapons. You know, everybody's got an M16, everybody's got a sidearm. We got a couple of uh, shotguns up here, it looks like. We got 250 cal machine guns. And he's saying to himself, <laughs> What is this? This is nothing. We got 150,000 hardened, angry NVA soldiers out there. Jim Keene senses the tension, senses his 10 other Marine security guards are wondering, where's our chopper? He calls a meeting. They all get in a circle. They huddle up. And he says, listen, here's the deal. General Dunn does not want to start a war with the United States. 
If he kills us, he starts a war with the United States. But you know what? I've been in action. In small units, things go wrong. So there could be a small unit fight. We don't know what's coming through that door next. It could be pissed off Arvins. It could be NVA. I don't want you firing back at anyone. He said, I want everybody laying low, and I want everybody on their toes. We're going to get out of here. We're going to get out of here. But he didn't believe in himself. In his after-action report, he wasn't sure. So th there's just scenes. Steve Bauer, an MSG from, from Long Island, uh, he had smuggled two bottles. He had been carrying them for three weeks in his rucksack. He had a bottle of Johnny Walker Black and a bottle of Johnny Walker Red. He calls the MSGs, except for Top Valdez and Jim Keen, around, and they kind of sit Indian style in a circle, and they pass the bottles around. Top and Major Keen are over in the corner. As they're speaking, Keen looks over, and he sees there's something going on in that circle, the two bottles of whiskey. Top, go see what's going on. Valdez walks over, and just in time to hear Bobby Frayne saying, no tiger cages for me, no Hanoi Hilton for me. You know, we're going to take a vote right now. If those gooks are going to take my uh, dog tags, I want them to have to dig through a pile of dead gooks before they can get their hands on them. And somebody else said, let's take a vote. It's a unanimous vote. They vote to fight. So they kind of disperse. The sun is up now. It's getting hotter. Bobby Frayne gets behind his M50. He's got a clear field of fire of not only the stairwell, but the British embassy across the street where maybe uh, they might take fire from. Terry Bennington. Hard scrabble kid, a hard scrabble. Just he grew up. He had a Dickens childhood. His mother committed suicide, trying to kill Terry and his two brothers, but she failed. But she killed herself. She tried to blow up the house. His father was an alcoholic who basically rented him out to subsistence share farmers, who kept him feral, barefoot in a shack to farm tobacco. The Marine Corps was the only family he had ever known, and he's looking around and he's looking around at the 10 other Marines that there is, it's like 11 frayed nerve ends. We're all connected. It's more than being brothers. It's more than loving each other. We are each other. Dave Norman, a 19-year-old from Ohio, he's up on the helipad. He's laying, he can hear the clanking of the Soviet tanks that the NVA is using. He could hear the, the, the treads clanking coming over the Newport Bridge. And he's thinking, I don't mind dying with these men. I just wish I could get to see my mom and dad one more time before I die, but if I'm going to die, I'm proud to die with these men. Steve Schuler, once earlier in the day, they had opened the gates to let in two American reporters, and they had formed a V, and Steve was at the end, and this Arvin rushed him with his gun, and boom, bayoneted him in there, and he stuck his finger in there, and he lost consciousness for a moment or so, stuck a dirty rag in there, and Top wanted to evacuate him out. He wouldn't evacuate unless his guys were going to. Steve Schuler's now up on the roof. He's picking through some of the clothes, looking for a clean T-shirt, or at least a not so much dirty T-shirt, so he could stuff up the, 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 the pussy, bloody wound he has. I mean, these men are, are, are all alone with their thoughts. Top Valdez is thinking of his two teenage boys, not much younger than the guys he's in charge with. And he is thinking how proud he is. And if we die up here, somebody better tell this story. And a superb job on the production of that story and the editing by Greg Hengler. And if you want to read the rest of the story and much more, pick up Bob Drury's Last Men Out, the true story of America's heroic final hours in Vietnam. Again, Bob co-authored this fantastic read with Tom Clavin, both of them regular contributors here on Our American Stories. By the way, 11 frayed nerve ends, Bob said about these 11... Marines, these MSGs. It was more than they knew each other. It was more than they loved each other. We were each other, he said about these 11 guys. The story of the last men out of Vietnam, here on Our American Story.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.